we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, mumses and popsicles, it's Tuesday, March 11th, 2008. You are listening to the Animal Farm here on the We the People Radio Network. My name is Ben Miller, and I am hanging here with my buddies Tony Pax. Hello, Ben. And Pyeth on the soundboard. Hello. We've got a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to be chatting with Sergeant Jeffrey Humphrey, 10-year military veteran and patriot extraordinaire. We'll be talking to him in the second hour. We're also going to be covering the latest news, the uh, Elliot Spitzer scandal. Bush singing arrogantly, I don't know if you guys heard that, as well as some privacy rights issues and, uh, of course, the always uh, abrasive abuse on our children. So uh, phone number to call in, guys, 888-202-1984. That's 888-202-1984. Website is animalfarmshow.com. And if you want to drop us an instant message, uh, AOLIM, Animal Farm Show, all one word. We will be right back momentarily, folks. You are on the farm. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People's Radio Network. Visit us on the web at animalfarmshow.com. Give us a call at 888-202-1984. Well, before we get on with the news, we do have an update. Ben obviously did mention before about more incidents against our, our children, Ben. And, of course, every week there are just more and more ridiculous stories. And we do have some of those for you. But before we get to them, I would like to talk about a little bit of a good news, Ben. You know, we sometimes we complain. I, myself, complain quite a bit on the show. Uh, but we do have some good news to talk about here. We do have a follow-up, an update, if you will, on the Jordan Massey highway tasing incident. Uh-huh. Um, and take this for what you will. Some people say, oh, that's not enough. That's not good enough. Nevertheless, uh, Speeder, uh, Jordan Massey, who was tasered, is um, he was shocked twice, as we all know. We saw the video. We heard another video on this show. Uh, he was shocked with a taser twice during during a traffic stop last year, and he has accepted a $40,000 settlement in a lawsuit filed against the state and a Utah Highway Patrol trooper 
And which was interesting, Ben, I think when we left off with this article last time, I thought that it was just going to be a, a moot point, that nothing was going to happen, and that Jordan wouldn't be able to even sue this person. But nevertheless, he did. Utah Attorney General's office announced settlement between Jared Massey and the UHP trooper John Gardner on Monday. Uh, again, settled for $40,000. So you can say, well, you know, maybe it's not enough, but it, I, I think it's good. I think at least in this case, uh, the citizen took it upon himself to... You know, to sue the cop, and and yes, it was. I, I thought it was completely unlawful to do what the cop did. Oh but yeah, completely. No mm-hmm. punishment for the officer, and um, you know, the article goes on here. The video of the trooper zapping Massey, taken by the trooper's dashboard camera, came to prominence after Massey posted it on the internet uh, on YouTube, and of course, it got over 1.7 million hits. So another good example here of using the internet, using the community of the internet, the power of the internet, if you will, yeah. to, you know, to get the word out and just and just start uh, defending your own rights and start talking to people. And I think the outrage that it caused uh, probably contributed to the site and to the case itself and all the money that was, was given to Massey. So $40,000. Yeah. I mean, definitely on my end, I was, I was definitely upset about that. I mean, all he did was have his back turned and the cop just shocked him like a, you know, like a coward would. Yeah, and and you know, I, I'm glad that he got forty grand out of it. You know, I'm glad he got forty grand, and I'm glad the state got punished for uh, for doing that. Yeah, you know? I, I'd say at least it's at least a step in the right direction. And yeah. uh, and talking about that particular issue, uh, <laughs> rate my cop now. This is a website that has police furious. Uh, police agencies from coast to coast are furious with a new website on the internet. And again, this is more good news, Ben. This, in my opinion, this is good news. I think it's at least a step in the right direction to start getting the information out there and try to prevent the cops who are abusing the law. Um, you know, try to separate them from the cops that are doing their jobs because there are so many great cops in this country doing their job and they're the ones that are getting the wrong impression. And we do have a clip of this, but just to go on, ratemycop.com, R-A-T-E, mycop.com, has the names of thousands of officers and many believe it is putting them in danger. And this is, I'll get your comments on this, but I haven't talked to you about this. <laughs> Uh, Officer Hector Basruto, the vice president of the Latino Police Officers Association, recently learned about this site, and he says, I'd like to see it gone. Mm. Having a website like this out there puts a lot, a lot of law enforcement officials in danger, he said. It exposes us out there. Kevin Martin, the vice president of the San Francisco Police Officers Association, agrees with him. Will they be able to access her home addresses, home phone numbers, marital status, whether or not we have children? That's always a big concern for us, he said. Creators of the site say no personal information will be on the site here. In this case, ratemycop.com. So no no personal information, Ben. And I think you have that clip if you want to queue it up just to give a little more information about this. And we'll, uh, we'll comment about it afterwards. Sure. Yes. Um... I think you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, you just cook that up real quick. And uh, just going on here, they gather the site itself, again, there's no personal information on the site. They gather the names themselves, which basically is public information. It's not. It's nothing secret. Uh, and badge numbers as well. I mean, these are all things that are public, that are made public, that we can look up. And it's just, um, it's almost like that site about, certain companies, and I don't want to use the, the extra domain name because I think it's a bad word, but there are a site out there for companies that if you don't like your company, you can put it on this site yeah. and get the word out and maybe not want to work so, there. So. so this is the same principle, yeah. Yeah. Let's get the idea out. You got that clip? Hey, police agencies yeah. from coast to coast are furious with a new website. As Tomas Roman tells us, RateMyCop.com has the names of thousands of police officers and many believe it's putting their families in danger. I'd like to see it gone. Officer Hector Basurto is the vice president of the San Francisco Latino Police Officers Association. He recently learned about RateMyCop.com and is furious. Uh, having 
a website like that puts a lot of law enforcement I, in my eyes, in danger because it exposes us out there. Kevin Martin is the vice president of yes, the San Francisco very... Police Officers Association. You know, will they be able to access our, our home addresses, our home phone numbers, um, whether our, our marital status, whether we have children, um, which is always a, a big concern. Creators of the site. All right, yeah. So and this is something I want to actually pose to the listeners, Ben, because this is an interesting issue. And, and the bottom line here, and at least from my opinion, I don't want anything to jeopardize the lives of, of police officers. That's the bottom line. I don't really feel, and maybe I'm just blind and ignorant towards it, but I don't really feel that this site is going to put them in jeopardy. I just think that it doesn't. It's, it doesn't. I think it's just a rebellious act for people who want to get the word out and for whatever reason just want to notify people of cops that are abusing their, their powers. And we see this all the time. And we, we've talked about this time and time again. So, folks, give us a call. Let us know what you think. 888-202-1984. Let us know what you think. If you think this is inappropriate, let us know why. But, uh, you know, just moving the, the, the ball along, so to speak, you know, and this is a yet another incident. Well, let me hear. I just want to comment real quick on it. It's, it's, you know, I don't like the fact that they're like, you know, I don't like this site being up. You know, we, we want things to be secret. There's there's no secret police here in America. We're, we're a free country. Yeah. We have open police. You know, these, these are public individuals with public names. We can post them on the website. That's not illegal. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what freedom is. You know, Absolutely. to be able to post post uh, uh, public officials' names on websites and be able to rate them if they're good or bad. It's the same thing as if you had a congressman or a, or a senator and you posted his name on a website and a bunch of people went on there and said, oh, yeah, I had a good experience with him, or no, I had a bad experience with him. They're public officials. So the notion that they're, that they're you know, uh, afraid, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Well, I, I I completely agree, Ben. And the other thing, that I, other question that comes to mind is, how come there wasn't this type of outrage when uh, the YouTube videos went up about, let's say, the Jordan Massey incident or maybe uh-huh. the Baltimore cop? Um, obviously, they don't want this to be on the internet because the news travels fast and and with email alone, you know, the story goes around and all of a sudden, 1.7 million hits in three days, type of thing, and yeah, that happens. Yes. But yeah, I don't. I, I just don't. I fail to see how a website listing public information. And again, if there's not, if there are addresses are on the site, if their phone numbers on the site, then I, I can't really be exactly totally for it. Exactly, because then you're violating their privacy. And you know what? There's gonna it's gonna happen. Someone's gonna screw up, and someone's gonna put information on there, and then it's it's gonna be abused. But uh, if this site, and maybe I'm being naive, but if the site is going to be used just for incidents in which police officials are abusing their power. I am for it for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that at least we're separating the the bad cops from the good cops. I know that's a tough yeah. black and white expression, <laughs> and maybe there's no no good and no bad. Um, but again, you know, and, and I want to talk about this incident here because this is just another. This is kind of a combination. This is an incident yeah. where we're abusing our children in the schools, and we're we're you know scaring them half to death, and cops are abusing their powers. So, out of New York Post came out today, two parents, uh, the parents of two Bronx preschoolers, are suing the city, charging that their kids were tossed out of class and handcuffed by a school what? by a school safety officer, <laughs> and the reason for refusing to take a nap. Lawyer Scott, and I, I'm going to mispronounce this name, uh, Lawyer Scott Agulnik said J- uh, Jaden Diaz and Christopher Brito, both then uh, four, four years old, uh, and students at CS211, the bilingual school, told their parents that a substitute teacher took them and another boy to an empty classroom on November 17, 2006 and left them there alone. Soon, the lawyer said the school safety officer entered the room, cuffed the boy's wrists, and further terrified them by telling them that they would never see their parents again. Oh, I mean... Or I will put you to sleep. Wow. Good God. I wasn't shot, 
But my hands were tied, Christopher, now five years old, recalled, and that's his quote, uh, according to his mother, Vaso Berto, a 34-year-old office worker who says the little guy is now scared of police officers. And, and just just that in and of itself, Ben, and I want to I tune back to the Baltimore cop, uh, Officer Rivieri, the big tough guy. Oh, gosh. To me, one of the, one of the worst things that happens is that, in this case, Officer Rivieri, and you know, he was abusing his power with the young skaters, children and kids and adolescents and teenagers, what do you think they're going to think about police officials in the future, about cops? They're going to look at them in a bad light because of one incident. This leaves a bad taste. And at this age, this is, this is a traumatic experience, and I want to overdo it. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, yeah, this kid's not going to like police. He's not going to understand that police officials are there to help and to serve and, to, uh, and, and protect. So, um Jaden remembers the six-year-old, now she's six-year-old, remembers that a man who was dressed like a cop walked in, sat at a big desk like the one the judge sits on, which is what she said, and uh, he threatened them. Oh, um, boy. Boy, yeah. that man is sick. Oh, boy. So and just, to, just to cap it off, he was a police, Jaden said. He said, uh, you know what happens when you don't go to sleep in there? This is the cop talking to the four-year-old. When you go to jail, you're not going to have no fun, no TV, no toys. Huh. That's great. Oh, so, man. They really know how to talk to those kids, huh? Shut up! Shut up! Oh, my God. You know, and, and again, this is the type of stuff I, I just can't understand. You know, I know why it's happening. I just, this is the reason why I'm for such a website to list these officials, to list incidents in where, in, in which public officials, police officers, are abusing their power. There's, there's no excuse for it, and it has to be, it's got to be punished. Uh, punish. And I think maybe that's the other reason why this site came to be banned, because we're not seeing punishment. Rivieri, for example, where he's got a desk job now, where yeah. he's sitting behind a desk. Oh wow, what punishment that is! Uh -huh. It's out of control, and I don't really think that a lot of uh, police. Um, Police places, uh, officials, and the counties. I don't think they're doing enough to punish these police officers. I, really I don't, don't think, think so either. So. No, I don't think so. I think it's. Uh, I think they're they're treating them. You know, they they got their back pretty much. You know, no mm -hmm. matter what they do, they're they're there to get their back. Yeah, it's 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 not right. And I don't think they understand the implications of what you know what's going to happen. We cannot have the public against the police. We've said it a hundred yeah. times. It's a, it's a big it's a very very big deal when police think that they have the authority to really just abuse the hell out of citizens. Um, in, in whatever way they feel, you know, and that's 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 what's happening. But Absolutely. Uh, we have a we have a caller, Al, South Dakota. You're on the air. Go ahead, Al. Hi, this is Al. I I, I just went and looked up that that website that RateMyCop.com, mm -hmm. and uh, it's not available. Oh, is it? Has it been taken down? Interesting. Okay, well, I, we would. I also went to the Wayback Machine. And the newest entry is February 12th of 2005. So evidently they got back in the yard. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, I could actually confirm that. I can't find it either, and I'm glad you let us know about that, Al, because, you know, again, obviously this has already been um, scrutinized pretty heavily, and, and who knows, maybe they've taken it down. Good up to now, the minute advice there and up to date. I, Say again? I do web hosting, so I think that's a great idea. Um, oh, yeah, I think it's great. But we ought to, you know, if, if for no other reason, just for good community involvement, good community affairs, you know, we should know the names of our police officers, you know. I mean, that's, yes. you know, we, we yeah, ought to no. know who's protecting us, you know, quote, unquote. 
Well, that's exactly it, Alan. And you know, we've said a hundred times. I mean, the last thing we want to do here on the animal farm is to, you know, to turn police against people. We know that there's supposed to be that sense of community, and, and ultimately, the relationship between the population and the police officials uh, should be friend friendly. I mean, we're, we're they're there to help us. And they, they do a great job, and they put their lives at risk. And, and, again, we're very close to New York City, so you see a lot of cops in the city. They work very hard. They don't get paid a lot. They get paid very little. Um, and, we, you know, we want nothing but the best for, for cops. But, again, oh, we've got... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Have to... I, I've got a little quote for you, too. Go ahead. Shoot it. This, this, this one kind of goes... Uh, I, I'm thinking about making some bumper stickers along this line. Um, as long as people look to the government to be their god, it will be. Are you worshiping government as your God, asking it to protect and provide for you and others from cradle to grave with someone else's money? If so, you are the problem. Oh, yes. I read about that in the Bible. Very interesting. Uh, where did you get that quote from again? Yeah, I made it up. I was you, made, you made it up. Well, that's very good. In fact, I, why don't you post that in our forums, Al, because that's... Uh, that's very interesting, and I think it has a lot of accuracy to it. I think people not, not necessarily expect too much out of their government, but I think the problem is that they don't understand the role of government. And, again, I think Ron Paul's done a great job to remind us of what the role of government should be. Uh, Al, thanks for the call. We're up against a break. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Government is best, which governs least. Wake up and smell the fascism. Being in government means never having to say you're sorry. What part of unconstitutional do you not understand, George? In today's world full of tyranny and injustice, sometimes it seems the only thing we still have is our freedom of speech. Exercise your freedom of speech by purchasing your choice of hundreds of different Liberty Stickers, from humorous to serious, at libertystickers.com. LibertyStickers.com can even customize your own bumper stickers. It's time to stand up for what you believe. Invest in your freedom. Get your stickers at LibertyStickers.com for your family, friends, and community. Go to LibertyStickers.com or call 877-873-9626. That's 877-873-9626. And express your freedom of speech today. Call 877-873-9626. That's 877-873-9626. It's progressing, and it's only a short time until it's completely taken over every aspect of your life. We are entering martial law. There are ten telling signs of martial law. America has them all. Use the short time left to protect you and your family with the vital information in this book. Find this info bomb online in book form at survivemartiallaw.com. This book will tell you everything you need to know and how to prepare. Know exactly what you'll need to have hidden to live and how to survive under severe martial law. The worst part of martial law is in the beginning stages. SurviveMartialLaw.com will show you how to act around controlling troops, where to store life-saving supplies, and what to look for. Surviving can be difficult, but possible. Arm yourself with the knowledge, as this is the only weapon you will have to protect your family. Go to S-U-R-V-I-V-E-M-A-R-T-I-A-L-L-A-W dot com or call 608-819-8011. Act today as there will be no warning. Deadline Live and Jack Blood are proud to announce our new bookstore. 
Okay, it's not really our online bookstore where you can get every title, book, and DVD you hear about on our live show. It's brought to you by the people at Brave New Books. BraveNewBookstore.com is the newest, bravest, and most complete bookstore online today. And their DVD selection has all the titles you need to decode the new world order and fight the information war. BraveNewBookstore.com has awesome t-shirts to proudly display your patriotism and liberty stickers to alert the public at large. Brave New Books is physically located at 1904 Guadalupe Street under the Chase Bank building next to UT in Austin, Texas. So stop on by and maybe stay for one of their film showings. Go to BraveNewBookstore.com now to peruse the virtual bookstore and look for the Jack Blood recommended section. Or call them at 866-516-6623. 866-516-6623 to order the books and videos you hear about on Deadline Live. Be the resistance. Tell your friends about BraveNewBookstore.com. It's time to think outside the box with your host, Alex Angeli, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Central, every Saturday, right here on We the People Radio Network. That's right, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show. Before we get on with the news, before we keep the ball rolling, we want to let you guys know about our rant line. It's... It is pretty much official at this point, Ben, but we're still kind of testing it out in the beta phase. Uh, 914-613-3166. It's our rant line. We want you, the listener, to get drunk as possible or whatever and call up and rant about politics. Tell us what's on your mind. <laughs> and the deal is pretty much this. Uh, tell us what's on your mind, and you can basically use any profanity, any words you want. We will cut out all the words, because if you do that on the air, we got to boot you off the air. That's not acceptable at this point. But uh, listen, if you can't rant about politics, and what's going on with our country, Ben, what could you rant about? I don't understand. If you're not angry... Nothing at all. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Um, and just, we, we left off with the, you know, with more. We've beaten the police thing to death, uh, figurative, figuratively speaking. We're talking about, you know, trying to separate the cops out there that are doing their jobs, that are doing exactly what they swore to do, uh, separating them from the cops that are abusing their power deliberately on video, on the Internet, and in every article that we read. Um, and one article came to mind, one story came to mind here, Ben, that we... Actually, haven't talked about yet, which is interesting because we this is this is maybe the start of something new that we're going to start researching. But uh, it's about a, a police force that rejected a candidate for being too intelligent. I know it sounds really hard to believe, but it happened pretty locally. This is out of uh, Ananova.com. A U.S. man has been rejected in his bid to become a police officer for scoring too high on an intelligence test. Robert Jordan, a 49-year-old college graduate, took an exam to join the new London police in Connecticut in 1996 and scored 33 points, the equivalent of an IQ of 125. But, yeah, but new London police interviewed only candidates who scored 20 to 27 on the theory that those who score too high could get bored with police work and leave soon after undergoing costly training. Now, anybody out there on the police force, please give us a call, because I can't see... I mean, I understand maybe in the suburbs, police can be a little bit boring, but, you know, being a police officer should ne pretty much never be boring. I mean, there's always got to be something to do, I hope. Nevertheless, uh, Mr. Jordan launched a federal lawsuit against the city, but lost. The second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New York upheld a lower court's decision that the city did not discriminate against Mr. Jordan because the same standards were applied to everyone who took the test. Yeah. Interesting stuff, Ben. And and you know, and then I, I literally have a story attached stapled to this one where uh cops in Staten Island, two vigilante 
Staten Island cops were indicted yesterday on charges that they punished a 14-year-old Halloween prankster last year by stripping and abandoning him in a desolate swamp. <laughs> I mean, the irony of these two, you know, we have, in this case, we have a, you know, a 49-year-old man, and, and maybe they said no to him because he was too old. I don't know the story. Tony, you know, you got to stop complaining, man. You know, it's like <laughs> these cops do nothing, then you complain, and then these they, they do this, and you complain. It's just like, you know. <laughs> I guess when police work gets boring enough, we take 14-year-olds to swamp and strip search them. I hope not. Richard Danese, D-A-N-E-S-E, and Thomas Elazian of the 120th Precinct handcuffed Rayshon Moreno and tossed him into the back of their patrol car to teach him a lesson for egging cars, according to the Staten Island District Attorney Dan Donovan. But instead of charging him, they allegedly dispensed their own brand of punishment by taking him for a 40-minute drive, stripping him, hitting him, and abandoning him alongside railroad tracks. The cops, <laughs> the cops will be arraigned on a, on a 33-count indictment that will be unsealed today in the Staten Island Supreme Court. This happened two weeks ago, so it wasn't today. Um, but you can just check it out. I think this came out of the post. Uh, cops indicted for Halloween trick on kid. It's incredible. And, and, I mean, I guess this goes into this goes into that low intelligence thing in cops, how, how they're trying to hire police officers with lower intelligence um, because they want dogs, essentially. They want dogs that are told what to do um, that can go out and follow orders. They don't want thinking men and women that are able to, to decipher uh, reality. They want that, you know, they want dogs to go out and follow, follow orders. This is a lot of times why we see, um, you know, uh, I saw a funeral uh, not too long ago where a police dog died. And they were lined in the streets. There were hundreds of people at this funeral for this police dog. Really? You know, and it was just, and, and it was a very uh, popular police dog, <laughs> I guess. But, I mean, it really, it, it gives the, uh, it kind of gives the example of how they want dogs. They want uh, slow officers that just do what they're told. Well, that's an interesting uh, interesting proposition there, Ben. I mean, I know the, that, that police dogs, I know they're very highly trained. In fact, one of my best friends, my, my best friend in the whole world, he's got his father trains them professionally, and he's got them in competitions. They're amazing, and what, they, what these dogs can do is incredible. So I think, yeah, I think there's, there's you know, man's best friend, so to speak. Uh -huh. But, uh, and yeah, I, I, I still think, maybe I'm being very naive here, but I still think that, you know, 80% of the police force in this country, I think they're all very good, hardworking officers and i think they're doing their job and i just think that maybe maybe even more than 80 percent uh unfortunately the bad incidents the incidents that um that strike up outrage in our communities those are the ones that get on the internet and it's unfortunate because then people think all oh, those effing cops those pigs mm -hmm. that's not right just because one cop you know ruins it for the rest doesn't mean all of them should be punished and 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 again it goes back to this website and i guess it's being take, taken down or it's already been taken down but ratemycop.com Hopefully it goes back up. And I think if nothing else, we need to have uh, more of an open dialogue. We need to have a database. If a, if a cop is an offender and if he or she is abusing uh, her privileges or, his, or her, the law itself, then mm -hmm. yes, we should, we should absolutely, as the population, know about these things without question. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a, another thing that we talk about when we go into rights versus privileges. A lot of these cops, they go out there and they say, I have the right to do this. I have the right. No, you don't. You have the privilege to do that. We allow you to do those things. You know, you know, yeah. we allow you to do those things. You don't, you don't get those rights by from anybody. You know, right. we give you privileges. So that's exactly it. You know, it, it, again, it, it all comes down to what the role 
what is the role of police officers? What's the role of government? And I, I really feel that too many people look at government as this, you know, as this big fatherman to a figure. Like, oh, please, you know, can you just give a... Folks, this is your country. It's not the government's country. Like God, like Al was saying, you know. Yeah. They, they, they believe that the government is, is similar to God. It really is. So, you know, we're, we're trying to make sense of these issues. and we're, All we try to do here is we try to bring you the news and, and just, you know, give us... Give us your, we want your opinions. We try to give you our opinions, and, uh, you know, we still have yet to have a real big disagreement caller. So let's get someone calling tonight disagrees. 888-202-1984. Uh, lots of news to you, for you tonight, folks. Lots going on. And uh, the financial news, Ben, I don't even know where to start there. I mean, we, we touch upon it once in a while. We go here, we go there. Maybe when we get back from the break, we'll play some audio. CNN uh, did a piece last week that... Yeah, it, it looks like the financial apocalypse is coming. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much more the, the dollar can be divided before. You know, when when are we going to be in a recession? I mean, yeah. Bush is still saying now <laughs> we're, we're not in a recession. Almost every top financial we're not in a recession. We're, yeah. we're slowing down. All the top. George w. Thank you, George. All the top economists, you know, are saying now. You know, we are in a recession and heading for depression. Yeah, you know, and, and coming from myself, coming from someone who doesn't really have a lot of uh, financial understanding of, of what's really uh, what really makes the system work. It, it, the question I have, like many people, is you know when is enough enough, and if if there is this so-called bubble, is it gonna is it gonna burst? Yeah. The dollars being you know destroyed now, hundred and eight dollar uh, barrel oil is that correct? Ben? Hundred hundred nine dollars, yeah, and uh, a month got straight. very very close to hundred ten. Just keeps going up and up. It sets and records uh, every every single show. It lasts four shows, Ben. It's record setting. Yeah. Gold is record setting. It's, dollars low. It's absolutely so, crazy, and, it, and as a result of oil going up, we get the we get higher prices for everything because oil is used in every Petro, you know, every petrochemical out there, it's it's used in plastic, it's used in transportation, trans, transporting the products. You know, if it takes if it takes uh, more money to get to the place, then they have to raise prices, which causes you know, everyday products to increase. That's exactly. I mean, that's it. that's what we're we're heading here. We're heading for double double the price of food coming up. You know, um, and, and things like that. That's that's really going to be doing people in. It's just things are going to be very very expensive. I, I'm glad you mentioned that too. That's, You're that's, hard to put food on I am working hard <laughs> to put food on my family, George. But uh, unfortunately, the food I'm trying to put on my family is so expensive. Uh, you go to the supermarket, and you know, even there was a story came out today. I mean, the food is at an all-time high, mm -hmm. and because the dollar is at such a low, it's just it's becoming so difficult to maintain lifestyle. Yeah. And, and for a lot of people, just to survive in a lot of cases, and and. I just hope that somehow, Ben, somehow we can reverse this shift and hopefully uh, get back on our feet as a nation and hopefully the dollar can recover, but I don't see it happening. I, there's I, no sign of it happening. I hope there's a way. I hope there's a way. Yeah, well, you know, folks want to get your opinion on this, but uh, we are approaching a break here. And when we get back, I, I have this very, very funny uh, Carl Rove getting getting uh, <laughs> exposed and getting uh, our favorite. So I want, to hear your, I want to hear your thoughts on that when we get back. I have a very specific question for all the callers out there. So uh, we'll be back momentarily. You are on the farm. What do these so-called Republican frontrunners for president support? Amnesty for illegal aliens like liberals? Out of control spending like the Democrats? Nation building overseas? Wasn't that Bill Clinton's policy? Flip-flopping on the issues? What's Republican about any of that? The real Republican is Ron Paul. The Republicans are losing because they did not keep their promise to end big government at home and nation building overseas. 
My record is different. Yes, Ron Paul's record is different. Ron Paul has never voted for a tax increase or an unbalanced budget. Ron Paul voted against amnesty for illegal aliens. Ron Paul voted against nation building overseas. Ron Paul follows the Constitution, not the lawyers, not the lobbyists, not the latest poll. Learn more about Ron Paul, the real Republican running for president. Go to ronpaul2008.com. That's ronpaul2008.com. This is Ron Paul, candidate for president, and I approve this message. This message brought to you by grassroots efforts to elect Ron Paul. Government is best, which governs least. Wake up and smell the fascism. Being in government means never having to say you're sorry. What part of unconstitutional do you not understand, George? In today's world full of tyranny and injustice, sometimes it seems the only thing we still have is our freedom of speech. Exercise your freedom of speech by purchasing your choice of hundreds of different Liberty Stickers, from humorous to serious, at LibertyStickers.com. LibertyStickers.com can even customize your own bumper stickers. It's time to stand up for what you believe. Invest in your freedom. Get your stickers at LibertyStickers.com for your family, friends, and community. Go to LibertyStickers.com or call 877-873-9626. That's 877-873-9626. And express your freedom of speech today. Call 877-873-9626. That's 877-873-9626. Fabrique Nationale makes a rifle known as the Fusil Automatic Leger, or Light Automatic Rifle, considered to be the right arm of what's left of the free world. If you're familiar with FNFAL, then visit GunPartsGuy.com, an excellent source for parts, accessories, and technical support for all FAL rifles. If you'd like to modify or upgrade your FAL, the Gun Parts Guy has a great selection of new, refinished, and refurbished parts. The Gun Parts Guy doesn't have a federal firearms license, and he doesn't want one, but he is the source for parts and the best FAL kits today. Call James at 360-906-8369 or email gunpartsguy at hotmail.com. You'll be pleased with the personal care and technical support you get from the Gun Parts Guy. That number again, 360-906-8369. Whether you call or visit the website at gunpartsguy.com, be sure to mention WTPRN to get an additional 10% discount off their already low, low prices. Online and on demand, this is We the People Radio Network. Indeed, Carl Rove getting yelled at uh, by a group of uh, people in Iowa, which I thought was very funny. My specific question for the callers out there in regards to this stuff, I listened to this entire uh, seven-minute YouTube clip that somebody put out there, and um, they were saying, treasonous, hang him, impeach him. And my, my specific question for the callers out there is, what do you have, what type of evidence do you have against Carl Rove? 
what can what do we have on him that we can actually impeach him with? Because it's really easy to start screaming things like hang him, <laughs> impeach off with his him, head. off with his head. <laughs> but, uh, if, if you don't have anything to back it up, then uh, you're you're pretty useless. So my question to the audience out there is, what do we have to back it up? Call in number is eight 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 two zero two. 1984. All right, yeah, and we will get to your phone calls. charged with conspiracy to commit treason, terrorism, and sedition, the penalty for which is death by firing squad. Absolutely, <laughs> and we will get to your phone calls. Uh, Dave in California, hang on, Kate in Missouri, Ted in Cali, Frank in New York. We got uh, loaded phone lines here. I do want to talk about another undesirable member of our beloved government, and that is my good friend Elliot Spitzer. Oh. Woke up to this news two days ago, and I said to myself, the first thought in my head was, you know, well, Criminals eventually, Ben, they just get caught. You know, they're all, they're going to get caught eventually. And, and this is not, this is a little bit different than him being a criminal, but another sleazebag, uh, well, another hypocrite. Out and there you go. Okay, so Governor Link, <laughs> Governor Link to prostitution ring. Governor Elliot Spitzer's political career teetered on the brink of collapse Monday after the corruption-fighting politician, once known known as Mr. Clean. <laughs> was accused of, of paying for a four-hour romp with a high-priced call girl. The scandal drew immediate calls for the Democrat to step down. At a news conference before, about 100 reporters, a glassy-eyed Spitzer and his shell-shocked wife at his side apologized to his family and the people of New York. <clears throat> I have disappointed and failed to live up to the standard I expected of myself, said the 48-year-old father of three teenage girls. I must now dedicate some time to regain the trust of my family. <laughs> uh, Elliot, good job with that, Elliot, and good luck with the family thing. Um, I don't know that whole uh, prostitution thing. Yeah, this is, a, this is a perfect example. I, you know, we I, I use this analogy all the time, and I'm not sure if I've used it on the on the show before, but <laughs> it's just if, if think about how often you get into your car and break the speed limit. And think about how often you get caught when you do that. Mm -hmm. Similar to the politicians. Think about uh, how often they uh, they get caught doing this sleazy stuff like this. The only problem is if we try to yes. bribe a cop, it's uh, it's it's jail time. If they bribe him, it's business. Exactly. Uh, Spitzer did not discuss his political future and ignored and shouted questions about whether he would resign. And he gave no details of what he was apologizing for. This is another thing they do all the time. I'm sorry. I don't know why. Uh, Spitzer was caught on a federal wiretap arranging to meet in a Washington hotel room the night before Valentine's Day. What a romantic he is. With a prostitute from a call girl business known as the Emperor's Club VIP. Take that down, Ben. According to a law enforcement official who spoke to the Associated Press on the condition of an an anonymity, there's my favorite word, because the investigation is still going on. So more on this, Ben. I watched some of the CNN videos and nothing really doing, but we'll see what is to become of our beloved governor of the New York. I tell you, man, when I get Spitzer, I get enough money for for a fifty-five hundred dollar an hour prostitute. I'm there. <laughs> oh, don't say that, Ben. That'll come back to haunt you. We go to your phone calls on the animal farm, Dave in California. What is going on? You're on the farm. What's up? Hey guys, I enjoy your show. This is the first time I've called you, though. Uh, Thank you. Welcome. To, uh, oh, sure thing. I went to uh, rape my cop, and it's got a really strange message on there. It says, "This site is currently unavailable. If you are the owner of this site, please contact us." at 1-480-505-8855 at your earliest convenience. Oh, my goodness. Well, we actually, Dave, we did have a caller uh, previously. Our first segment, we had a caller, and, and uh, yes, folks, it is, I guess it's confirmed, the site is currently down. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you told us, Dave, um, because we did, you know, we mentioned it, just the article was pretty recent. But, yeah, apparently the site is down, and Whoa. I'm not sure why. I'm not going to speculate and say, oh, well, the, you know, the, the, well, I guess the ISP took it down. I wonder where it goes. 
Yeah, one more time. Uh, well, I don't know if it's even the phone number, but I'm <laughs> not sure either. what the message means, and, and we'll probably talk. We'll talk well, to Pyth about could it mean, off the air. Yeah, Pyth is a, an expert on that. We could, we could, it could essentially mean that the person that got too much bandwidth and they weren't able to pay their bill. Well, that is right. what it looks like. They may have gotten a, a massive amount of media attention in regards to it, and just overloaded their site, couldn't pay the bill. It's possible, Dave. Internet. Yeah, Dave. Thanks for letting us know. Anything else on your mind tonight? Yeah, one more thing. I know we can go ahead. Pete Carl Rowe for. What? His, Speak uh, it. His nickname, Turd Blossom. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> See what happens when you, oh, you drop the, the potty humor, Dave. Well, yeah. Well. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Dave. Right. And we, we appreciate that. Uh, well, there you go. I mean, Ben, does that answer your question? Turd, turd Blossom. I mean, don't you have that... the Turd Blossom. My goodness. I mean, <laughs> I hope that's not really his. That might be his nickname. Who knows? Oh boy, I'm getting angry instant messages from my girlfriend here for the, for the prostitute comment. Oh, she Ben. See what I'm saying? This Sorry, is, baby, I love you. You know, not only that, but I mean, this is on this is on record. So even if she missed the show, you know, she's gonna listen to the archive, and you're in you're in deep water. <laughs> is that like one of those nine seven six numbers? Um, what are you wearing? And here's, you know, and again, I, I do have a, a knack for the school issues, and I will constantly bring them up, so get used to them. But now we have another issue, and this this is. This is uh, bound to strike up some controversy because it, it kind of deals with um, the war issue and freedom of speech and in the schools. Now, this family is suing a school district after their son got detention for wearing a T-shirt with a gun image. Well, you know, just an image of the gun, but it was a pro-war T-shirt. Mm -hmm. um, a 14-year-old Pennsylvania schoolboy is fighting back after being sent to detention for wearing a T-shirt bearing the image of a gun in honor of his uncle fighting in Iraq. Right. Officials at Penn Manor High School in Millersville, Pennsylvania, gave Donald Miller III two days of detention in December after he refused to turn his shirt inside out. But Donald and his parents say the shirt is a symbol of patriotism, and they've taken the case to federal court. Uh, before I go on, I'm completely in favor of that. I think he, the, the kid, as long as it wasn't anything derogatory, nudity, for example, or, or foul language, I think absolutely you should be able to wear that shirt without a question. Free speech. Absolutely. Donald's shirt showed him. And it doesn't matter if I'm against the war. That's Me not either. the point. Yep. I am not for the war. But in the same, the same case, that's freedom of speech. Donald's shirt showed a military weapon and the words Volunteer Homeland Security on the front. The back of the shirt displayed the words Special Issue, Resident, Lifetime License, United States Terrorist Hunting Permit, Permit Number 91101, Gun Owner, oh, No boy. Bag Limit, <laughs> over another image of the weapon itself. So, again, both sides had the weapon. So, um, Miller said he wore the shirt in honor of his uncle, Brian Souters, who is serving in Iraq and who gave it to Miller as a gift. Donald and Tina Miller filed a federal freedom of speech lawsuit in January against the school district saying it violated their their son's First Amendment rights. And I would absolutely agree, Ben. I mean, your thoughts here. I mean, I know it's a gun, but, I mean, look, it's a gun. I, you know, we, we, I watched G.I. Joe for, you know, do, uh, you know, I guess during breakfast every day before school, you know. Yeah. So, well, we're not free anymore. We can glorify, knowing that is half the battle. Yeah, we can glorify war all we want on TV and mainstream media. We glorify the war, but if a kid wants to stand up for the war and have a, you know, gun on his T-shirt, patriotism, then it's banned in school. Yes, so. I think you're retarded, but... You have the right to be retarded. I'm just like, what are we teaching our children? Chad in Alaska, you're on the animal farm. What's up? Okay, Chad's not there with us. Chad is a phantom. <laughs> figment of our imagination. <laughs> We'd be watching for you, Chad. 
Sonic Goldback, shall we? Just uh, miss you there. So, uh, you know, and again, maybe, maybe you think uh, we got to stop talking about these school issues, but I won't. Uh, that's one of the things that hits home very hard with me. And, uh, yes, we do have Chad back on the line. Chad, are you with us? Chad, are you there? Chad in five, four, three. Okay. All right. Hello? Well, I tell you what, here's the deal. We're going to make with Chad. Chad, if you're, if you're listening, just say hi. Chad, can you hear hi. us? Oh, you're there, Hi. Chad. I knew you were there. That's why I didn't give up Hello? on you. What's up? How are you? Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Okay. Um, I'm calling uh, in regards to your comment that you thought that the Rate My Cop uh, site uh, is okay because it only has the name or badge number and not the phone numbers. And I mean, I think that all lawyers and judges and cops and everyone, all their phone numbers and addresses should be public and they are hidden, and I don't really know why you said that. It's like you you seem to think it's okay for public officials to uh, have our names and numbers, but we're not supposed to have their names and phone numbers, and I don't understand your reasoning. That's a good point, Chad. Um, yeah, the, the one reason why I would be against on, on this particular site, now, now again, you know, if, if there's a different way of accessing, if there's an issue with a cop, if you want to access the database, it's one thing, and we can talk about that. We actually, uh, we get up against a break. Chad, hold on, I want to respond to your question, and I think you bring up a good point. You listen to the Animal Farm Radio Show. When we get back, more of your phone calls and more news. Stay tuned. People who use Cardivite know about the pollutants in our body and want them out. For over five years, Cardivite has proven itself time-tested. Here's Dr. Matson, a naturopathic doctor's thoughts on Cardivite. In our mind, there isn't such a great big mystery to disease anymore. This basic tenet of yeast in the gut and metals in the liver covers at least 70-80% of the diseases that we see. When we do our program, you know, herbal formulas like Cardivite, and you see someone who could barely walk up a hill now going for regular jobs a few months later, we know we're doing something right. It's a well-thought-out formula. I mean, the idea of it working on yeast and metals both at the same time and liver function is dead on. It, you'll find, I think, that it'll work more than just on, on heart problems and circulation problems. It'll work on other problems as well. For more information, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit our website at www.heartdrop.com. That toll-free number again, 1-877-928-8822. Now you and your friends and family can enjoy the sweetest, cleanest drinking water anytime, even while traveling, camping, at sporting events, or in emergency situations. The Berkey Light removes bacteria, cysts, parasites, and harmful chemicals to below detectable levels. It reduces nitrates and unhealthy minerals like lead and mercury, yet leaves in the nutritional minerals your body needs. The Berkey Light is so powerful, it can purify raw, untreated water from remote sources. The optional PF2 filter even removes fluoride. The Berkey Light has a rechargeable LED lighting system and an elevated base for use in places other than a countertop. To get your Berkey system, please visit We the People Radio Network at WTPRN.com and click the Berkey banner. Or call 512-646-6444. That's WTPRN.com or call 512-646-6444. 
Your life demands long-lasting power for everything. If you want to find the best battery selection at the best prices, then BatterySpation.com is the place for you. Find common or hard-to-find batteries for practically everything, from computer backup units and camcorders to cell phones and wheelchairs. Go to BatterySpation.com for all your battery supply needs. At BatterySpation.com, you'll also discover high-tech LED tactical flashlights for every task, from trusted names like Surefire, Tektite, Gerber, Pelican, and more. BatterySpation.com offers lights featuring super bright, super tough, long-life LED technology. At BatterySpation.com, you'll find tough, crush-proof, waterproof, airtight, hard cases of all sizes from Pelican, Otter, and S3 Extreme. Visit them today, BatterySpation.com. It's all one word, BatterySpation.com. Or call 417-257-7799. That's 417-257-7799. Your source for batteries and accessories at very low prices. BatterySpation.com. Lighting the fires of liberty with your host, Michael Badnarik, from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central, Monday through Friday, only on We the People Radio Network. Folks, to start the show, we talked about this website, which is now apparently offline. It was called RateMyCop.com, and this site was dedicated to cops who people uh, feel are abusing their privilege, their their duty, ultimately abusing the law that they swore to uphold. And we talked about it, and the point that I made was that I was for this website as long as it didn't give out the personal information of the police officers uh, via, you know, phone numbers and uh, home addresses, because then, you know, basically one of my arguments is that I don't want people to go to their houses and, and disrupt them in their uh, private environments. Chad in Alaska is on the line with us. Chad, I want you to state your question, because I think it's a really good one, about why you disagree. Because I they have our phone numbers and our addresses, and they are our servants, and I don't see why they should be, uh, why their information should be secret and ours should be public. Okay. Um, I, I think it's a good question. The only response I would have, and it's, it's not necessarily disagreeing, I just think that in this context, we're talking about a website that anybody can access, uh, which deals with cops who are, let's just say, undesirable. Let's say cops who are abusing their, their powers. And the reason why I wouldn't want their particular addresses on this site is because of the obvious reasons. I don't want someone to go to their houses or perhaps prank their phones and, you know, maybe disturb their wives or their children. I don't think that's necessary. I think that's immature. Um, another thing, too, to keep in mind here, Chad, is that the police officers themselves don't have my address. I mean, they could look it up at any given time. Yes, I know there are databases, and probably for good reasons. But, uh, Ben, your, your thoughts on this, because it is an interesting issue. You know, should we have the addresses and the phone numbers of every police officer in our neighborhood, in our state? Um, well, yes. my, my, thought, my thought is that they work for us. We have them for eight hours a day or whatever their shift is. Um, uh, but you know, and we and, and inside that shift and inside that eight number eight, that eight hours we ought to have their desk number we ought to have the address where we can reach them. But when they get off of that shift, they're no longer ours. They're no longer they're not no longer working for us. They're they're a, a person. They're a citizen, a human being that is protected by the Fourth Amendment, um, which is why you know you don't want your personal info getting anybody wants their personal info getting posted on the website. Mm -hmm. So that that's my answer for you, Chad. Anything oh, yes. to say? Any yeah. response there? Go ahead. Well, your answers, my answers to why it should be uh, 
freely available information because people should be able to uh, protest or, or harass them or do whatever they're doing to the rest of the people. And they are not working for us. They're working for municipal corporations, and they are not there to protect and serve. I've, you know, I've lived several decades, and I've never had a police officer protect or serve me with anything except problems, nuisances, trouble, harassment. I mean, you know, police basically come to pick up the pieces after a crime. They don't protect and they don't serve, and I don't, I don't even know what you see their value to be. Chad, let me ask you a question. So are you, would you say that you'd want every single police officer... Uh, their information? Would you want every single one of their addresses and phone numbers in a database that is freely accessible by the public? Is that what you're saying? Or just, yes, and all or just the cop- and judges, too. Okay. Well, listen, uh, I like where you're going with it, Chad. I mean, I, I think it's, it's you know, you're on the right track. I mean, ultimately, otherwise, the only thing the only thing I think would, would hinder it is... Go ahead. Well, otherwise, we have no way to hold, you know, to really hold them accountable or protest against their actions or... or um, you know, and it also would hopefully keep the the doors revolving in these courtrooms instead of having judges that sit around for 10 or 20 years. You know, maybe they'd decide that after two or three years they've done their work and it's time to move on to something else. Yeah, absolutely. Now, listen, Chad, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a valid point. I mean, the, the only thing that I think would get out of hand is if we just put all the names on a website. Again, we're talking about the web here. I think if you have an issue with a cop, I think easily you can go and get their badge number, get their, their name, and I think if you really just uh, look in the right uh, areas, we could find where they're living. I just don't know if it would get out of hand with prank phone calls and the like, but uh, nevertheless, you know, it's an interesting issue, and um, I think it should be explored even further. But, Tim, in Montreal, you're on the animal farm. What's up? Hi, guys. Um, I think there might be some censor- censorship uh, with that site because I was just looking... Um, on the six major internet caches that back up the in, the uh, internet pages, and I I can't find a history of that web page anywhere. It's even been deleted off of uh, thearchive.org. So there's entries there for for six uh, six different entries going back to 2004, and those aren't there either. Um, the other, I just had another comment that I, I kind of agree with Chad because um, if you do a little research just on becoming your own lawyer, like soy jurist type stuff, it seems to be a consensus in that community that the word police stands for policy enforcer. If you notice, the terms sheriff and deputies and things like that are disappearing over the years, being replaced by corporate terms. It seems like police is one of them, and I kind of agree, you know, like we have to fight this corporatization of the government and, you know, or the, the court system and the, and, the, and the police system or the, you know, the law enforcement because uh, everything is becoming corporate. So, Yeah, well, maybe the answer too, Tim, that's, that's very good. I'm glad. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're having a discussion about this because... You, you actually just gave me an idea, and maybe the answer is almost a um, a similar website, but like uh, like you were saying, and in a previous caller was saying, 
Maybe it's this database of, of police officials in your area. This way, if you have to call one of them, you can call them. Again, the only problem is that if one person abuses the website, which you know is going to happen, if prank calls start, they're going to change the phone numbers, and then think about it from a policeman's standpoint. Don't you think they're going to try to falsify this information or perhaps maybe change their phone number so that it's, you know, it's not valid? So I think, I think the answer, Ben, and give me your comments here, maybe the answer is just a relationship. Maybe there's a... Um, uh, a middle ground we can come to so that we can get to know our public officials better. They can get to know us better, and we can have more of a meaningful dialogue with them. I don't know. Maybe it's a blog. Maybe it's a, a chat room. I don't know. I like the I like the idea of the uh, the ratemycop.com where you have the ability to rate your local police officer. I think that's great. I just think we have to remember that these people are are Americans. They have rights that are protected under the Constitution, and um, you know, just because they're police officers doesn't mean that they they wave up their rights. You know, when they when they're on their shift and they're doing their eight hours a day or whatever, yes, they don't have any rights. They're privileges. They're working for us at that point. Now you can say, oh, they're not really working for us. They're working for corporations. But I'm talking about th theoretically the way that police officers, you know, the <laughs> the way that police is supposed to work. Absolutely. And the other thing, the other argument too is just because uh, the government is illegally, you know, wiretapping us, and just because they're they have all the information doesn't mean it's right, and therefore doesn't mean that, that we should, yeah we should exactly. have a gun. But again, I think the, the the bigger point, and I have to agree with it, is that we need to. There's got to be a balance, and ultimately to use it for the better, to get to know our public officials better, to get to know our police officers better, and our con. How many people do you think uh, just live in, in towns don't even know who their congressman or their congresswoman uh, what their names are? So. Just a way to get to know, you know, what's around your area, who you can talk to. Maybe uh, open up the communication lines a little better with these people. Yeah, maybe that's the answer. I, I'm not really sure. What um, a special friend you are. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, RateMyCop.com is currently down. If you have any other information, let us know. Yeah, we'll research that, and we'll, we'll get back to you guys um, on, uh, uh, on Thursday. Absolutely. So, um, well, I'm glad. Those were some good calls there, Ben. And uh, Absolutely. I'm glad people are thinking the way they are. I'm just, it's so great to have callers from all over the United States uh, and Canada, for that matter, too to really express their opinion, and I'm really, I'm proud of what Canadians are doing. Canadians are really opening their mouths. I mean, the more you read articles, the more you look into it. Um, people in Canada are not standing for what's going on there either. So it seems as though they're, with all the bad news, Ben, uh, I think there's a lot of good news to go with it. I think there's a lot of promise in the future. I think there's a lot of good things that are coming out, and people are opening their eyes, I think, at a very fast rate, very fast pace. And people mm -hmm. who I never thought, in my local circle, people who I never thought would open their eyes for any reason are doing it now, Ben. Yeah, 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 no, it's a it's a great. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have I have this this great song and dance by right here by uh the, our president. Oh boy, and this is uh this is this George is, W. Do you, you want to melt the airwaves with this band? Okay, let's play. All right, let's play. <laughs> okay, well, this is another one that's funny but not funny. But go. Ahead. All right. Clear my days, clear and brush. I clear my head of all the flush. You know, it's like, okay, it's it's funny because he can't sing. It's not funny because this is not something to joke about. It's not a joke. Uh, you know, oh my goodness. You I think uh, Pipe will have to use some of those bits for a sound, a collection of sound bits in the future where George Bush singing 
Uh, here's a question to the audience. How many beers did George Bush have that night, or how many scotch? <laughs> <laughs> Drugs uh, and alcohol. I don't know, folks. I mean, if we can't joke about it, then what are we going to do? Because nobody wants to just hear us uh, rant and, and bitch and moan all day, but... It isn't funny uh, talking about Brownie. Heck of a job, Brownie. You know, yeah. Katrina was a Katrina was treasonous in Brownie, almost every case. Um, I don't know what you know what to say, and I and if, if I've offended anybody, I do apologize because again, it's not funny if if uh, you know people. I, I remember people joking about Katrina right when it was happening in New York at like a football game. Uh -huh. It's sick. It's unbelievable the mentality of people. But more phone calls. Allen, California, Joe in New York. We'll get you phone calls when we get back. You're on the farm. Stay tuned, folks. We shall return. Did you read this? Chicago just became the murder capital of America. I don't understand. It's been a felony to have a gun since 95. I thought that was supposed to prevent murders, not increase them. Criminals will always find a way to get guns, while the rest of us are just left defenseless. Chicago authorities have seized over 75,000 firearms since 1995. And now, Chicago's murder rate is twice as high as New York City. Tonight, while you're asleep, criminals will be at work. Not in Kennesaw, Georgia. In 1982, our city passed a law requiring every household to have a gun. It terrified the criminals, and our violent crime rate is now 75% below the national average. We sleep well here in Kennesaw. Americans who own guns prevent over a million violent crimes every year and save lives. Get the facts. Visit armedandsecure.org. That's armedandsecure.org. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of a sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off. At MSNBC, Tucker is out and David Gregory is in. So quick uh, news flash for you guys, uh, Tucker Carlson, the beloved Tucker Carlson that we all know and love, <laughs> is out, lost his time slot, and uh, is being replaced by David Gregory, who is the uh, he was the White House press secretary secretary that gave uh, Scott McClellan an extremely hard time and was plastered all over our news. Yes. So I uh, just wanted to let you guys know about that. Um, now let's go back to the phone calls. Alan in California, you are on the Animal Farm. What's up? Hi guys, I'm used How you to doing? calling uh, Randy, and, uh, but uh, this is the first time I've ever talked to you guys. I would think hello? that it's probably uh, hello. Hello. That, oh, that's just Pyatt saying hello. Don't the, the sound effects are all Pyatt. <laughs> He's the third host oh, on the okay. Farm. <laughs> What's on your mind, Al? I, I think it's a good idea that the, uh, uh, the you got to remember these people applied for this position. They did not. You know, they aren't forced into it. They volunteered. So their addresses and their phone numbers and everything should be uh, readily available, just as any other local uh, public official or public document. They should be available to, uh, you know, be viewed by the general public, and they should be held accountable. 
Uh, and for, in fact, for me, it would be a heck of a lot easier to serve them process whenever I, whenever I go to sue them, because at least I'd have an address to be able to send the uh, process server. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, and, and Alan, I think I think again, I think what we're, what we're the eventual outcome we're trying to do here, you know, the, the results and the solution to this whole problem or this issue that seems to raise some concern here. But I like this. Uh, the result, in my mind, and maybe, maybe you disagree or agree with it, is that we have you know to. To facilitate more of a you know uh, relationship between our police officers and the population. See again, th this site was supposed to be just a site for the cops who are you know you can rate any cop I guess. So yeah, you have good and bad cops. But ultimately, what we're talking about is having a database, a massive database that has to have accurate information, as opposed to just some website that could have been popular or unpopular where you get to rate your cop. Because just because I rate my cop a five out of five doesn't mean he's a good cop. Maybe he's a racist. Maybe he's not a good cop. Maybe I just like him because you know he's my friend. Yeah. So I think it, it becomes more of like an eBay feedback thing. And I think what you're saying, Alan, is that we just we need to have access to this information for many reasons, much more than just being able to rant and rave, rant or rave about cops. Is that correct? Well, I, I, I agree with that point because they are public officials. They these people volunteer to be in this job. So they have to know going in that their lives are going to be open, like an open book to the public. So they can't sit there and hide behind, uh, you know, some sort of excuse that they're immune from some sort of prosecution. Well, let me ask you this, Alan, um, and and this is this is just where I'm coming from, and maybe I'm maybe I'm completely wrong here, but you know, if somebody if somebody applies for a public position like a police officer, are they waiving their rights to privacy? Are they doing that? Yes, absolutely. They, they that... are a public official. Are they a public official 24/7 now, or are they a public official when we when they're on their shift? Hey, they're taking a public check. It doesn't matter. 24/7. They're they're the, the, are an open book. Okay, the argument, yeah, the argument there, Alan, what you're making, the argument is that you know because they are supposed to serve and protect the public. Um, it shouldn't be a problem. They, they, we should have their information. I think what Ben is trying to say, though, is that is it a violation of their privacy, given that they are a citizen still of the, of the country? Uh, is it a violation of the privacy to have a mandatory uh, place, whether it be a website or a book or whatever, um, where their phone numbers and addresses are listed? In other words, like you don't have to have, you know, your phone number and address. It doesn't have to be in the phone book. You know, it's your choice to put it there. Um, to to have a mandate for police officers, I think Ben makes a decent point too. That it, you could argue against, you know, a violation of privacy. Maybe the other answer, Alan, to go further. And again, I'm speculating here, but maybe the answer is just being able to uh, give community better access to their public officials. Maybe the answer isn't to have every single officer of the law, you know, listed uh, address and phone number on a huge database. Maybe it's just a better way to uh, open up communication lines. What are your thoughts? Well, how about we do this then? I can go into the DMV. I pay them a $5 fee to find out who the last registered uh, owner of a particular uh, automobile is. I pay the $5 fee and I sign an affidavit stating that I will not use that information to do something illegal. All right. If we can at least have that sort of a step with information about, you know, the names and addresses of law enforcement or, or public officials, if we had something to that effect, I, we might have a little bit more control on it, but still, nonetheless, these people have to realize 
they are public officials. They didn't. They aren't forced into taking that job. If they want that job, they have to understand that there are particular uh, certain things that they have to sacrifice. One of which may be privacy. Interesting. Well, I mean, yes. listen, Alan, I, I, you know, we appreciate the call. We appreciate the perspective. And it seems as though Ben, we're three for three as far as callers saying, hey. We think this is a good idea. Maybe yeah. we should have this. And no, I mean, and and that's that's fine. You know, I'm just kind of <laughs> I'm just putting out my thoughts my thoughts out there. You know, no, and I, I absolutely could be wrong about that. It's not. It's not. See, the thing is, it's not a matter of right or wrong. Almost pretty much everything we talk about <laughs> on this show, it, there's no universal right or wrong. I mean, you know, to your beliefs, there Whoa. might be one. Well, Thank I mean, you. I'm sure there is a. I'm sure there is an actual law that states whether they they have rights or not, you know. No, 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 but that's not sure the point I'm trying to make, though, Ben. I'm saying, you know, first of all, the Constitution is, is, a, is a living document. We've established it. So, you know, the question really becomes, should we start implementing this type of situation or this type of rule or this type of environment where we have access to the, let's say, the phone numbers? Let's start with the phone numbers. Is it a good idea and why? Um, and I think people so far, so far are in favor for it. And again, there really isn't any universal right or wrong. It's just an idea. I'm glad, first of all, first and foremost, that people are thinking about this. I'm glad people are voicing their opinions about it. And I think it's important to have this type of, of, of talk. It's better to talk about this than the stuff that we talk about at water coolers at work. You know, it's good to be thinking about. Um, and, and, and eventually, in this case, I think it's going to help the the um, relationship between public officials and people, not just police officers, government officials, your congressman, your congresswoman. Yep. These are the people that we have to be talking to, Ben. Mm -hmm. This is where change starts. This is where it grows from. You know, so, excellent. We ain't stuff. got no budgets. We don't need no budgets. <laughs> I don't have to show you any stinking budget. <laughs> and just keeping along the line of uh, public officials and uh, the population's, uh, I guess, love or hatred towards them. Vermont towns vote uh, to arrest Bush and Cheney. This is uh, about a week old, but we didn't talk about it last week. Out of Reuters, voters in two Vermont towns on Tuesday approved a measure that would instruct police to arrest. President George W. Bush and Vice President Dick Cheney for crimes against our Constitution. Can I get an amen? Amen. Local media replied. Okay. Your, your, your thoughts. <laughs> oh, this is this is a good one. This is the kind of change I'm talking about here. Yeah. This is this is good stuff. Yes. Please let freedom ring. The non-binding symbolic measure. Passed in Brown, right by it. Passed in Brattleboro and Marlboro in a state known for taking liberal positions on national issues instructs town police to extradite them to another authorities that may reasonably contend to prosecute them. Ben, this is serious. Yeah. Vermont, home to maple syrup and picture postcard views, is known for its liberal politics. State lawmakers have passed non-binding resolutions to end the war in Iraq and impeach Bush and Cheney, and several towns have also passed resolutions of impeachment. None of them have caught on in Washington, at least one state is taking a stand. At least one state is taking, um, you know, what's going on serious enough to really do something about it. And uh, maybe it's time to move to Vermont. Maybe the animal farm out of Vermont. I, I love Vermont. I absolutely love Vermont. I think it's one of the greatest states out there. I have been there once, but it was a long time ago. And, and you know, now that I'm reading all this stuff, I think maybe uh, perhaps it's time to go. But, folks, we're going to take a short break here on the farm. I am absolutely appalled at how much people in this country do not think. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People Radio Network. Visit us on the web at animalfarmshow.com.
itself. I'm sure it doesn't surprise anybody furthering the news here in the... Uh... The Vermont thing was surprising. I think it was cool. Oh, yeah. And, um, Good stuff. They actually, uh, just to interject on that, they actually tried to do a citizen's arrest of Carl Rove at that, <laughs> at that meeting that he was in Iowa, and, and the people got arrested there. <laughs> I thought it was just a really interesting thing. Well, as the famous saying goes, we have to... Oh, boy. We have to unlearn what we have learned. We have to start thinking this way. And I'm just glad people are starting to think of themselves as Americans. They're starting Absolutely. to take a stand on these issues and stop, you know, worshipping government. But, uh, as if you didn't know this, as, even though it's recent news that came out today, Pentagon study of 600,000 Iraqi documents finds no link between Al-Qaeda and Saddam Hussein. <laughs> I know many of you are rolling your eyes at me here out of Fox oh, News. Out of, really? Out of Fox News? You're a liar. I can't believe You're this. a liar. Out of Fox News. A forthcoming Pentagon study has found no operational link between a Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden's al-Qaeda terrorist network. McClatchy Newspapers reports that the study expected to be released later this week is based on an extensive review of more than 600,000 Iraqi documents that were seized after the U.S.-led war in Iraq in 2003. While there was no link to al-Qaeda, the investigation revealed that Saddam's regime gave some support to other terror groups in the Middle East, U.S. officials told McClatchy on condition of anonymity. But he targeted those he considered his own enemies, including Shiite Muslims, Kurds, exiles, and others, the news service reported. So, uh, I don't know, Ben, this seems like a duh, but we talk about it anyway. I mean, this, this way, this is another thing you can go to your friends with who still live yes. in, you know, la-la land. Like, oh, I know they found the weapons. They had to have found the weapons. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just another, um, you know, another instance where, and again, out of Fox News. So, I mean, you could even use this against That's them. straight but. out of the Pentagon. You well, know? you know, I want to study that investigates the link between Saddam Hussein and the United States. And going further, I want a real investigation talking about the United States and terrorism. I want to see the relationship yes. there. I want to look at money trails. I want to research government-sponsored terrorism. And uh, I'm not a nut because of that. I just want to know more about it. I want to have more proof. Uh, and I'm naive. Well, we're never going to get that. <laughs> you should listen to the 9-11 Commission. You should say that that the uh, links for, for money to uh, terrorism has no bearing whatsoever. Oh, my goodness. Well, again, this, this was sponsored by the Pentagon. The report found no direct operational link between Saddam's government, Iraq, and bin Laden's al-Qaeda terroring before the U.S. invasion, an official told in the Clash newspaper. The Bush administration put forth the argument that there was a connection between Saddam and bin Laden when it made the case to go to war with Iraq after September 11th, quote-unquote, no. bulletproof evidence. Bulletproof, you know, and, and then, and then you, you could also dig up many links where they say, oh, we, never, we could have never expected this, or we never thought there was a link, or we never thought he was responsible. It's just, it's such jar, it's such bogus crap. Yep. They're so arrogant and ignorant that um, they still have a lot of people fooled. I mean, literally, there are still people probably listening to the show, maybe one or two, who still think we found these weapons and that they were going to use them against us and still use it to justify our, exi- our existence there. Yeah. And, you know, Colin, Colin Powell came out in, in, in his uh, Watershed February 2003 speech at the United Nations and had yeah. claimed that uh, multiple times, you know. So you just can't trust any of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and again, you know, we, we uh, haven't served in the military, and, and hopefully uh, we're, we're expecting Sergeant Jeffrey Humphrey to join us momentarily. He's uh, hopefully going to be joining us soon. Uh, this is a man, again, he's a veteran. He's served over 10 years in, in the military, so hopefully he can shed some light on a lot of the stuff uh, that's going on there. What's the real purpose? Because it's, it's you know, 
it's really just speculation if you just read newspapers, if you don't talk to veterans. I've talked to a few, uh, not as much as I'd like to. I'd really like to spend three years and have a, and do a huge documentary, Ben. Uh, maybe that's a good thing for the animal farm to do if we get the time. But yeah. I really want to know, man. I want to hear from the people that never get the voice. I want to hear from the people that never get on TV and are able to uh, you know, speak their mind, to tell us what's really going on. So, um, you know, be that as it may, Jeffrey is joining us right now. So, uh, Jeffrey, can you hear us? Yes, sir, I can. Jeff, how are you tonight? Round of, round of applause for Jeffrey. Sergeant Jeffrey Humphrey, U.S. Army Infantry from 1998 to 2005, served in Kosovo from 2000-2001 and part of 2002, and also served in Samara, Iraq, 2004-2005. Many awards here, Jeffrey. I can't read them all, but let's just go down a few of them. Army Service Ribbon, Overseas Service Ribbon, uh, NATO Ribbon, U.N. Service Ribbon, uh, Kosovo Service Ribbon, Army Achievement Ribbon. You're very well decorated, sir. Uh, how are you feeling tonight, first off? I'm not bad. I just got out from seeing my psychiatrist, so we, uh... Oh, I'm you know. glad to hear that. Hopefully all is well. Uh, Jeffrey, you actually reached out to us, and we're glad that you did, because you called a couple of shows ago, and we were really pleased with what you had to say, and we, we wanted to talk to you further. Unfortunately, that night we didn't have a chance to, but you reached out to us, and you uh, talked about a lot of issues that you wanted to speak about tonight. But before we start, let's just let's just take uh, let's pick up where we just left off. What what's the story here? This war's been going on for what uh, seven eight years now, and rarely, if ever, do you ever see military veterans who have actually served and fought on TV, uh, in quoted in articles. They seem to not even have a voice about this war, and they're the most important elements. What do you uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the thing of it is, is, if you listen to the vast majority of the troops coming home, you're going to know right right quick that uh, we should be over here, over there, and we should get out really quick. You know how okay. uh, you know when you see the football player spike the um, football when he makes a touchdown and he, he waves up the camera and says, Hi, Mom. Okay, uh, yeah. I hate, tell you, I hate to tell you, but the vast majority of the troops out there would not say that. They would actually... Most of them would go to jail for some of the things they would say over the live television. Absolutely. I mean, it's. We'll get into that, Jeffrey. We're going to talk about the the PTSD, the post traumatic stress disorders. We're going to talk about how our government is ultimately leaving you and so many other veterans for dead. But before we do, um, and I think you even, uh, I can't quote you, but you even spoke to us uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you told us in emails about how the people who really need the voice are not getting it on the media. It's just jargon, one after another. It's about somebody who maybe even went to Iraq, and you know they're they're pro war, but. Um, let me ask you this. Out of the people that you know, out of the people that you served with, how many of them share your opinion that we need to get out of Iraq immediately? How many percentage-wise? Uh, I'd say about 93, 94 percent. Wow. 93, oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I don't expect anything different. Jeffrey, we're obviously coming up against a break here. We're going to obviously hold you over. Folks, we want to get your phone calls. We're speaking with Jeffrey here. Uh, you're on the Animal Farm. Stay tuned. Lots more to come. Chemtrails in the air, genetically modified clone processed food, poison water, radiation, and stress have reduced many of you into toxic cyber blobs. You can't go on like this, and I know you don't want to. Do yourself a favor. Do your country a favor. Be the best you can be and start taking Enerfood now. Enerfood is easy to prepare and cheaper than a cup of coffee to take every day. And speaking of coffee, Enerfood.com has the best all-organic fresh coffee ever. 
It's fair trade coffee infused with rainforest polysaccharides to, like Enerfood, improve your immune system and not destroy it. If coffee's not your thing, try the all-organic Cocoa Mojo. Enerfood is spelled E-N-E-R, enerfood.com, or give them a call at 866-762-9238. Mention WTPRN and save 10%. Try Enerfood because you can't be awake when you're always falling asleep. It's progressing, and it's only a short time until it's completely taken over every aspect of your life. We are entering martial law. There are ten telling signs of martial law. America has them all. Use the short time left to protect you and your family with the vital information in this book. Find this infobomb online in book form at survivemartiallaw.com. This book will tell you everything you need to know and how to prepare. Know exactly what you'll need to have hidden to live and how to survive under severe martial law. The worst part of martial law is in the beginning stages. SurviveMartialLaw.com will show you how to act around controlling troops, where to store life-saving supplies, and what to look for. Surviving can be difficult, but possible. Arm yourself with the knowledge, as this is the only weapon you will have to protect your family. Go to S-U-R-V-I-V-E-M-A-R-T-I-A-L-L-A-W.com or call 608-819-8011. Act today, as there will be no warning. Since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy has been the global supplier of the finest natural medicines. We specialize in keeping you alive and healthy. We provide outstanding products like ECF, colloidal silver, olive leaf extract, oregano oil, and hundreds of herbals, oils, books, and educational materials. We have homeopathic detox solutions for chemtrails, radiation, MSG, and aspartame poisoning. We also train naturopathic healers via correspondence education. Why wait any longer? Go ahead and do it today. Sign up on the web and receive our new 120-page catalog and a current Herbal Healer newsletter free. Simply log on to HerbalHealer.com and check out the online member testimonials and our hundreds of exceptional products. That's HerbalHealer.com, your website for safe, effective, natural alternatives and education. That's HerbalHealer.com. Great host. Great topics. Brief speech at its best. This is We the People Radio Network. is that we're not hearing from the soldiers, and we're going to try to remedy that a little bit tonight in our own little world. Sergeant Jeffrey Humphrey joins us. Before we get back to uh, Jeffrey, uh, folks, if you want to call in, 888-202-1984, I want all the warmongers calling. I want all the people who send me these ridiculous chain letters and these stupid emails about how we have to support the troops in emails, but not in reality. I want them to call in tonight, and I want them to talk to a real Iraq and Afghanistan veteran. Nevertheless, we're going to get to your phone calls, but I do want to get your thoughts. Jeff, we have so much to talk about tonight. There is a huge 
huge protest. I got this out of truth out. Maya Shenwar actually wrote this, but March 13th to the 16th, about 300 veterans of the wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, will follow in the footsteps of their predecessors, and they're talking about the Vietnam vets. They're going to gather for a second winter soldier conference in Silver Spring, Maryland. And again, this is all organized by the Iraq Veterans Against the War, IVAW. They don't have a website, but I'm sure if you Google it, you can check it out. It will make up the largest gathering ever of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans. And Jeffrey, we left off with you saying uh, specifically that um, you said many of the people that you served with are 93% or 94, 95% of them are against the war. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, if you look at this thing, my entire squad of nine men, I'm out of the military right now. Um, I am completely against this war. One of my um, team leaders, he was wounded bad enough that the Army will not release him He's against the war. My uh, Bravo team leader, I lost contact with him halfway through my deployment in Iraq. He was moved to another company because he refused to fight, so he's against the war. A machine gunner, he's against the war. He was also wounded along with my alpha team leader. My two grenade grenadiers are against the war. One of them's out in the military right now doing fine and dandy. The other one got moved to Alaska. And the other one in my squad that wasn't against the war he went to another unit down in Fort Carson somewhere, and I haven't heard from him yet. So that's a good percentage rate just in the microcosm of my squad. Now, if you elaborate on that and the rest of my company, we had about four or five people alone in my company basically refused to fight halfway through the uh, deployment. Look, so, Jeffrey, you were at a, uh, a war protest in March of 2006. You had mentioned you were a guest speaker there um and then the local papers reported that you weren't really a war hero after all i mean what can you elaborate on that uh, no what happened was is i was uh invited to uh speak at the protest as a soldier as a purple heart veteran for being wounded in iraq and campus republicans did a counter protest against us and um the newspaper showed up and did an interview with me specifically and the headlines on the newspaper stated um, Purple Heart Veteran protests the war. And they went in and they did a fair balanced article the local newspaper did in Bowling Green. Okay. And several days after that, well, actually not even several days, actually the next business day, there were letters to the editor from the campus Republicans to Tim Raymond Joe on the street I never met, basically calling me everything but a patriot and a veteran. So were there any, were there any, uh, comments to any of the editors in contrast to that? Actually, yeah, there's, there was um, a few that got through, I guess, the, the filtering system that the editor was putting up. But, yeah, there was a few that got through thanking me. And, actually, my sociology teacher passed me just for the fact that I showed up to that protest and protested the war. So there were people out there that were supporting me, but the vast majority of the people, or should I say what appeared to be the vast majority of the people, were basically saying that you ain't nothing but dirt. Yeah. The reason I say it appeared to be because it seemed like the only letters getting through the editor's filtering system, and this wasn't only the Bowling Green paper, this was the WKU Herald college paper itself and a couple others, where they were just sitting there just constantly bombarding the newspaper with or what it seemed to be negative articles about me. 
Absolutely. Uh, Jeffrey, one thing that we're, you know, we're continuing to try to do, and, and we're glad that you came on the show tonight, because uh, one of the missions we have, at least myself, I know Ben, and, and you know, we, what we really want to do is get this word out. We want to start notifying people that the soldiers themselves who have served, who actually have the experience, are the ones really protesting this war. And once again, folks, just to go to that website, it's ivawvsinvictor.org. So ivaw.org. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, Jeffrey, but it's uh, Iraq Veterans Against the War, and again, from the 13th of this month to the 16th, they're going to be protesting. We'll try to get some more information to you guys about that. Uh, Jeff, again, so much to talk about. You have some issues that you wanted to bring up, but it, what is the story? I, I was reading a couple emails about qu these questionnaires uh, for active duty and reservist members of all United States Armed Forces. These questionnaires that ask, uh, basically ask you, the soldier, if you would fire upon American civilians in a martial law situation. Do you have any experience with that? Is that bunk? Is that true? What's the story? I have never seen a questionnaire like that. Now, were we constantly training in not only uh, what they call low-intensity conflict and high-intensity conflict, but we were also training in what they call nation-building, which our president said we weren't going to do, but we were training for that years before he was president. Um, we were training in the nation-building process, and that involved crowd control operations, um, what they call um, knock and sweep, basically not the kicking in door kind of thing, but what you saw in Katrina where they were knocking on doors and basically saying, hey, you're no longer allowed to have these types of rights. Give me your weapons and stay put and we'll come get you when we're done. Absolutely. That that event right there was, it seemed almost like they were running these kind of trials. I mean, yes, soldiers were going house to house, door to door, mm -hmm. and collecting firearms in, in, a, in a situation there. So, aggressively. Very Say what you will. And, and I remember there was one interview, Jeff, uh, of one soldier saying it was kind of, he was kind of in disarray. He was saying, you know, we've trained to do this at other places, but not on our home soil. But uh, it's, it's disturbing to say the least. The scary thing about that is I've seen that operation done before. The entire Katrina incident in New Orleans was planned out from A to B. There was no ineptitude by the government for anybody who wants to believe that. They sat outside that city for three days expecting chaos to ensue. When it didn't, they went in and caused the chaos. We did the same thing in Samar, Iraq, right after my, the suicide bomber hit our compound. We sat outside the city, cordoned it off, locked all traffic going into the city and coming out of the city, and basically sat there and waited for several amount of days waiting for it to go into chaos and it never did so we went in and tried to push out what insurgents we did find that is what you call a martial law lockdown Wow. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's sobering, isn't it, Ben? I mean, it's, it's, no, it's very You really hear it from someone who knows. But, uh, Jeffrey, what what did you think about the, the Marine puppy incident and him throwing it off a cliff? Do you think that that was a result of, you know, some horrible psychological stuff that he experienced in the war? Or was he a sick person? Is the Army hiring sick people? Uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts? One of the reasons why I left the military is because the standard of truth coming out of basic training. We are cutting the standards for... People not allowing to, right, basically is allowing to serve our country. And what it is is they're, they're cutting down the standards of truth just so they can fill slots and positions because we are running out of manpower. You no longer have to go to a board to become a leader. You never have, you no longer have to go to the school for the leadership position. You can just automatically get promoted. And those E5s and E4s on the ground are what they call on the ground commanders in conflict. That Lance Corporal 
acting as a child as he did, which he probably is a child. He's probably no, no older than 21 or 22. In charge of three to nine guys, doing what he did to that puppy is not only dishonorable, but disgraceful. That what are your thoughts? Of, yeah. Jeff, what are your thoughts about how the media handles it? We're going to get into a lot of media stuff and, and stuff, uh, how they handle these situations, but, you know, how they defend everything the military does just, just because if they say if you don't, you're, you're unpatriotic. I mean, this, how ridiculous. How much does that burn you up as a real soldier? Because, I mean, what do you see right there? Naomi Wolf goes into it in her uh, book, uh, Death of America. And the glorification of not only the, the nasty acts that certain soldiers commit, but also anybody who wishes to speak out against the soldier for whatever they did, no matter what, goes hand in hand with being unpatriotic. Absolutely. Jeff, stay, stay tuned. We're going to have you come back. Stay with us, uh, folks. When we get back to your phone calls, Rob in Arizona, Mark in Arizona, Hank in West Virginia, we'll get to your phone calls. Plus, we have a report here, 60,000-plus Iraq-Afghanistan vets are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. Folks, you listen to The Animal Farm. Stay with us. Fabrique Nationale makes a rifle known as the Fusil Automatic Leger, or Light Automatic Rifle, considered to be the right arm of what's left of the free world. If you're familiar with FNFAL, then visit GunPartsGuy.com, an excellent source for parts, accessories, and technical support for all FAL rifles. If you'd like to modify or upgrade your FAL, the Gun Parts Guy has a great selection of new, refinished, and refurbished parts. The Gun Parts Guy doesn't have a federal firearms license, and he doesn't want one, but he is the source for parts and the best FAL kits today. Call James at 360-906-8369 or email GunPartsGuy at Hotmail. You'll be pleased with the personal care and technical support you get from the Gun Parts Guy. That number again, 360-906-8369. Whether you call or visit the website at GunPartsGuy.com, be sure to mention WTPRN to get an additional 10% discount off their already low, low prices. Chemtrails in the air, genetically modified clone processed food, poison water, radiation, and stress have reduced many of you into toxic cyber blobs. You can't go on like this, and I know you don't want to. Do yourself a favor. Do your country a favor. Be the best you can be and start taking Enerfood now. Enerfood is easy to prepare and cheaper than a cup of coffee to take every day. And speaking of coffee, Enerfood.com has the best all-organic fresh coffee ever. It's fair trade coffee infused with rainforest polysaccharides to, like Enerfood, improve your immune system and not destroy it. If coffee's not your thing, try the all-organic Coco Mojo. Enterfood is spelled E-N-E-R, enterfood.com, or give them a call at 866-762-9238. Mention WTPRN and save 10%. Try Enterfood because you can't be awake when you're always falling asleep. Dr. Paul is exactly the kind of president we need. Although the president's the commander-in-chief, he doesn't declare war. Under the Constitution, only the House of Representatives can declare war. We've never declared a war since World War II, and we've never won a war since World War II. I was drafted. I was sent to South Vietnam. The Americans were involved right in the middle of a civil war, very similar to where we are in Iraq. There was no peace until we were defeated, and there was no honor. 
we preemptively, aggressively invaded a sovereign foreign state. Our military is supposed to be defensive. But it's not all for defense. Some of it's for offense. Some of it's for things that end up making us uh, hated throughout the world. We have embarked on things never intended by the founding fathers. They said, don't get involved in the internal affairs of other nations. Don't become the policemen of the world. We should keep ourselves free and unfettered from these entangling alliances in which we become the unwitting servant of other countries and other kings. Jack Blood. Catch Deadline Live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Central. Monday through Friday. Right here on We the People Radio Network. WTPR. A Jeffrey Humphrey, ten-year war veteran. Uh, he's given us some insight on insight on um, uh, being a soldier and, and going against the grain in terms of speaking out on things. Jeffrey, you want us to take some phone calls? Go right ahead, sir. All right, Robert from Arizona. You're on the air. Hello there. Hello, Robert. How are you? I'm doing great. I've got a question for you, Jeffrey. Uh, how many people do you know coming out of service out of Iraq or Afghanistan that are suffering from PTSD? Um, I have been classified 50% disabled as PTSD. I know at least from people I can see and being able to uh, identify symptoms in them, knowing from what my symptoms are, I'd say a good 6 out of 10. Okay, I have something for you that may help you. You want to go on the Internet if you have good Internet access. I take it you get to a computer, can't you, that has a flash player built in it? Yes, sir. Okay, do a web search or a Google search for EFT and Gary Craig. Gary he's Craig. The found, yeah, he's the founder. you got something to write with. He's the founder of a process called Emotional Freedom Technique. And it can take anyone who's suffered from trauma, serious injury, PTSD, shock, uh, any anything like that. And in a matter of minutes with somebody who's trained to apply it, there are some real, real well-skilled people in the country that can help people with this. Uh, you can you can just erase traumatic injury that just plagues the body. What it does, it, it, you don't forget about it. You're still aware that something happened. It's there in your mind, but if there's no longer an emotional connection to the injury and the memory. Wow. And, hey, Rob, one more time. The, give, out that, give out that name one more time. I'll even give you the website. It's E-M-O-F-R-E-E.com. Emo-free. Yeah, E-M-O, like, like uh, Eric, Mike, Oscar... Frank, <laughs> Romeo, Echo, Echo. Okay, dot com? Yeah. All right, email wow. dot com. We'll, we'll give that out a couple more times with the and, show. Um, and, I, and you're even, feel free, Jeffrey, if, if you want to call me, uh, I think the board op here probably has my phone number. Uh, no problem if you give a call. I'd be glad to help you with it myself. I've been trained in it. I and I I'm in Arizona. I don't know where you're at these days, but I'm in the backwoods of Kentucky right now, so. Okay, well that's a beautiful country. Yes, sir. I hope I know it can help you. Uh, have whoever treats you have them check for uh, physiological and psychological reversal, 
if they don't know what that means, then they're probably not very well trained in the discipline. Ask them if they've had level one and level two training. And if there's anyone in your neck of the woods that is an EFT master, there are about 30 of them around the country who helped Gary Craig basically develop the process. Uh, they were on the ground floor of this, this wonderful thing. It, it eliminates a lot of drugs and medications and can allow a person to get their, their life back. I had a, a relative that had shell shock from World War II, and that EFT can help somebody even with an injury that old. Yes, sir. Hey, Rob, do us a favor. Uh, first off, thank you for the information. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. And the other thing is please send us an email or post it on our forums. Give us the information because this is something that we can put on our site as an actual section. And, again, we're going to do our best to try to get information like this to really help out the veterans who are being left for dead uh, by the government. So, Rob, thank you so much for the call. Uh, Jeff, you want to speak about that? Did you have any comments about that last uh, last situation? To go, go along with what Rob was saying, when I first came back from Iraq, I was on four different types of psychoactive drugs. And one of the reasons was they said I lost contact with the reality. I basically became desensitized to the danger and stuff that we went through over there. And um, I made it a personal mission because at the time, I, my son was born two weeks before I went to Iraq, and I almost forced him. I didn't even get to see him. And... Um, when I first came back, I made it a personal mission to get off most of those drugs because my wife can tell you I was a living zombie. I was just walking around, just basically bumping into stuff. And I basically gained to the point right now to where I'm only having sleeping disorders, and they had me on a low-level um, sleeping aid to help with that. But like that gentleman was telling you, um, I've been to the VA hospitals, and I've talked to Vietnam veterans, and I've talked to uh, um, World War II veterans and Korean veterans, and I've... First time I got there, I asked him, I was like, hey, when did this crap go away? And he just looked at you with this stare and said, it never does, sir. Yeah. How well, How can it? I mean, you know, the, the human human body and the human mind, I mean, can only take so much. And I don't have to tell you. I'm preaching to the choir. Um, and I did also want to just touch upon this. Jason Leopold had a scoop wrote a story um, and covered about, this is talking about PSTD, uh, PTSD, excuse me. Jonathan Schulz was awarded two Purple Hearts in 2005 after a lengthy tour on duty of Iraq, but the Marine veteran couldn't escape the war inside his head, and this is obviously very appropriate. Drugs and alcohol temporarily numbed his pain, yet the guilt he carried around him, having been one of a handful of soldiers in his unit to survive combat, was impossible to run away from. Schulz was suicidal. On January 11, 2007, he sought treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder, his parents drove him to the VA hospital in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Get this. Schultz told the VA staff that he felt suicidal. His mother, Marianne Schultz, recalled this whole experience. The hospital didn't admit him at all. Instead, he was told to call back the following day. He did, and then he was given a number, number 26. The VA staff told him he'd have to wait at least two weeks to be admitted. Apparently, there were other veterans of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan who were also suffering from PTSD, and it's unknown whether they met the same fate. But unfortunately, on January 16th, Schultz uh, placed a framed photograph of his one-year-old daughter beside him. He wrapped himself, wrapped an electrical cord around his neck, and he hung himself in the basement of a friend's house. And he's dead. He was 25 years old. So yes, tragedy, awful. On inexcusable um, in this case, but this is just one of many. Isn't this just one of many, Jeffrey, right? Well, not to down the VA completely. I, um, the clinic that I go through in Nashville has been Johnny on the spot. 
when I when I first enrolled. It took him two years to figure out I had a traumatic brain injury. But for my initial assessment from the doctors down there, they had me health care and provided um, treatment within six months of me being out of the military. That is pretty quick compared to what the you know the volume of um, patients having to go through the VA system now. Now I don't know if all VA hospitals have this now, but they have what they call an OIS OEF trauma clinic. And if no matter if you're traumatized or if you're just getting out of the military or you feel like you're suicidal, that clinic is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and any soldier from Iraq or Afghanistan can go to that clinic and get treatment on the spot. But that's in the Nashville clinic. I don't know about anybody else. And the same thing happened with what they call the TBI clinic, traumatic brain injury clinic, that I went to down there. Traumatic brain injury is a two-edged sword. You get hit in the head or you get a, a, tra- a hard enough trauma to the head that you forget the traumatic incident that, you, that happened to you. Well, one of the first graduates of the traumatic brain injury clinic in Nashville, they called him the Michelangelo of, of Fort Campbell. He graduated the clinic basically completely cured, but when he became completely cured, he remembered the traumatic incident that happened to him, and two weeks later he killed himself. So, yes, that does happen, and I don't want to ever see it happen to any of my brothers and sisters. But the thing of it is, the system is overwhelmed. And I talked to one of my doctors when I was down there. I was like, hey, how are you planning on supporting OIF and OEF troops when you can barely support Vietnam and Gulf War and World War II and Korean veterans? And my doctor turned around and looked at me. He's like, speaking frankly, Mr. Humphrey, we can't. We do not have the budget. We are going over budget right now, and within 10 years, because the true cost of the war is not going to come out until after the war is over. And if this war goes on any longer, not only for the money that we're pumping over there trying to fight it, but also the money we're pumping into the system trying to get our soldiers taken care of, it is going to bankrupt the VA system within 10 years. Completely. Yeah, Jeffrey, when, when we get back, we're coming up on a break shortly. Uh, I want to talk to you about depleted uranium, and I want to ask you what uh, the hospitals are doing to treat that, if anything. And I also want to get some of your insight on what depleted uranium is. I know that people go to our website, animalfarmshow.com. Uh, on the link on the left side, we have a, a whole section on depleted uranium and uh, what it does to you. Um, but when we get back from the break, I do want to ask you about that. Um, yeah, there's so much. I mean, Ben, it's it's again, it's eye-opening. There's so much to talk about, and you know, just just the fact. I mean, again, there's nothing there's nothing new about this. This has been going on, like Jeffrey's been saying. It's been going on since World War II. It's been going on since Vietnam. We've heard we've heard the horror stories. We saw a lot of films about Vietnam after it was made, um, but unfortunately, they're not treating our our beloved troops coming home, folks. So, from the horse's mouth, we'll come back with more, Jeffrey. And more of your phone calls. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show with the People Radio Network. Stay tuned. This is Dr. Catherine Albright. I've got a hot tip if you'd like to save money when you travel. Bannister Travel Group, Inc. Your one stop travel agent. 
Whether you're visiting relatives this Christmas, attending a convention, or just eager to trade the winter blues for an umbrella on a tropical beach, the Bannister Travel Group provides convenient online access to the finest travel and lodging choices available and at competitive rates. Check out their website and compare. I'm betting they can save you money when you book your next trip. And would you like to make money when others travel? View the presentation at BannisterTravelGroupInc.com to see how. Then check out TravelProInsider.com and TravelProIncome.com to learn more about this terrific opportunity. The Bannister Travel Group proudly sponsors Joe Bannister's Freedom Above Fortune radio show and hopes you'll consider them as your one-stop travel resource to arrange your next trip or help you pursue your own opportunities in the travel industry. BannisterTravelGroupInc.com. Visit them today. It's progressing, and it's only a short time until it's completely taken over every aspect of your life. We are entering martial law. There are ten telling signs of martial law. America has them all. Use the short time left to protect you and your family with the vital information in this book. Find this info bomb online in book form at survivemartiallaw.com. This book will tell you everything you need to know and how to prepare. Know exactly what you'll need to have hidden to live and how to survive under severe martial law. The worst part of martial law is in the beginning stages. SurviveMartialLaw.com will show you how to act around controlling troops, where to store life-saving supplies, and what to look for. Surviving can be difficult, but possible. Arm yourself with the knowledge, as this is the only weapon you will have to protect your family. Go to S-U-R-V-I-V-E-M-A-R-T-I-A-L-L-A-W.com or call 608-819-8011. Act today, as there will be no warning. Deadline Live and Jack Blood are proud to announce our new bookstore. Okay, it's not really our online bookstore where you can get every title, book, and DVD you hear about on our live show. It's brought to you by the people at Brave New Books. BraveNewBookstore.com is the newest, bravest, and most complete bookstore online today. And their DVD selection has all the titles you need to decode the New World Order and fight the information war. BraveNewBookstore.com has awesome t-shirts to proudly display your patriotism and liberty stickers to alert the public at large. Brave New Books is physically located at 1904 Guadalupe Street under the Chase Bank Building next to UT in Austin, Texas. So stop on by and maybe stay for one of their film showings. Go to bravenewbookstore.com now to peruse the virtual bookstore and look for the Jack Blood recommended section. Or call them at 866-516-6623. 866-516-6623 to order the books and videos you hear about on Deadline Live. Be the resistance. Tell your friends about bravenewbookstore.com. News, politics, cover-ups, government corruption. You're listening to We the People Radio Network. WTPRN. Dr. Asaf Gurkovic, then professor of radiology and nuclear medicine at Georgetown University in Washington, was quoted as saying in 1997, while citing experience by others in which 84% of dogs exposed to inhaled uranium died of cancer to the lungs. He says, the U.S. government's veteran administration asked me to lie about the risks of incorporating depleted uranium in the human body. Um, Jeffrey, did you get exposed to depleted uranium over there? Did everybody? Um, I don't know about everybody, but if you were in a tanker unit, a mechanized infantry unit, a um, attacked helicopter unit, you were exposed to depleted uranium. And what depleted uranium is, there was a term or a, a, a there was a technique used by the Romans back when they used to conquer an area. 
and they couldn't hold it with their men. What they do is they would salt the earth. They would throw salt so the peasants couldn't grow food anymore. Mm-hmm. Degraded uranium is the byproduct of the radioactive material used in power plants or burning nuclear weapons that only emits alpha particle radiation. Alpha particle radiation can stop or can be stopped by a piece of paper. But the moment it gets internally into your system, like with me, it got into my intestinal system and it caused a whole host of symptoms, um, irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, stuff like that. And basically what it does is your normal cell operates off a 10 electron volt. Depleted uranium puts out anywhere between 10 and 20,000 electron volts. It literally shocks your cells to death. And depleted uranium is put in armor-penetrated weapons and also in the armor itself. And um, they're talking about, when I first left Iraq, they were also talking about putting it in the sniper rifle rounds and also in low machine gun rounds, like 50 caliber machine guns and 240 Bravo, which is your medium machine gun. So basically what we're doing in Iraq and Afghanistan with a 30.6 metric tons of depleted uranium is salting air. We've literally salted that entire area, area to where if the wind blows right, it will set off radiation alarms. And it's done us many times while we're over there. The other thing, too, Jeff, is that depleted uranium has a half-life of, uh, I believe, like 6.5 billion years. Is that correct? Yeah, something ridiculous like 50 million years or something like that. Dr. Doug Rocky, um, I don't know if he's still alive, but he was on the depleted uranium army, but he depleted uranium cleanup team from the first Gulf War. And he stated somewhere in the ballpark of a 50 million year half-life. So whatever's in my pet, it will stay there until I die. And whatever's in Iraq will stay there until basically civilization either wipes itself off the map or the sun engulfs the earth again. Well, Jeffrey, here's the here's the question. I mean, the obvious question I think most people have on their minds if they don't know the answer, if they don't suspect an answer, is why? First of all, uh, I understand that the uranium, I'm sure, can be used as explosive. I know it's very strong. It can p- penetrate armor and, and buildings. But why is our government using this, you know, in their ammunitions uh, if they know what it does, if it, it can never go away, if it's extremely toxic? I mean, what is the reason? And on top of that, why are they allowing you, the soldiers, at the very least, uh, to be exposed to this type of, of, you know, hazardous material if they know that, you know, what it's going to do? What's the reason? There's two reasons. One, A, the soldier can't do anything about it. Even in, with these instances where you see soldiers protesting to take the anthrax vaccine, even if they protest and refuse to take the vaccine, they can be brought up on Article 15 charges in a court-martial for disobeying a direct order. The second thing is, soldiers being the guinea pig, Americans don't want that stuff deposited in their country. So we've got to do something with it and save dumping it in the ocean, making a bunch of... uh tree huggers mad, or B, take it to the countries that we're with and dump it in there. And that's what we're doing. We're literally taking our radioactive waste, taking it to foreign countries, and spreading it everywhere. And what's even worse is I found out they were using it in Kosovo during the air war. So I've been exposed to it three times. Have you, um, do you have any symptoms that you know that are caused by it? Or? Um, this irritable bowel syndrome, they said we could, they, they could not directly link it to depleted uranium. But the fact of the matter is the Army, or should I say the VA, will not d- directly link anything to a specific weapon type. Agent Orange, Gulf War Syndrome, depleted uranium. They will not link it 
And what the VA does, they start a register where you can put your name on a register, and if you sometime in the near future develop cancer that may be linked to the treated radium or Agent Orange, you'll be treated for it. But they'll never admit they used it. So therefore, they can't be uh, responsible. Exactly. <laughs> It's just support the troops, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's great. Keep 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 putting those stupid yellow bumper stickers on your car, those stupid magnets you buy from China or that are exported from China at your local mobile station. That's really helping the troops. Uh, Jeffrey, this I mean I you know I don't know getting mad is not going to do you any good or the folks listening any good, but this really you know for a number of reasons this really just kills me. This is the thing that probably bothers me the most about what's going on in this country. Well, this is this is high on my list. This is just Definitely. sick. I mean. <laughs> You know, and again, I'm glad uh, that you're telling us this. I'm glad you you're, came on and told us this, but this is killing me. Jeffrey, does this depleted uranium get on your... Cl I'm sorry, go ahead. To go hand-in-hand hand with that, when I first got over to Iraq, there was a saying amongst the medical sergeants um, there, that the women used to ask back in the day whether was it whether what the sex of their baby was. Today, they no longer ask what the sex of their baby is. They ask, is it normal? And the pretty rain has caused so many birth defects over in Iraq, Kosovo, Afghanistan, kids being born without eyes, kids being born without a head, kids being born with no arms, kids being born with stomachs on the outside of their body, all kinds of massive degradation of uh, fetal tissue just for that. Well, I mean, I strongly suggest everybody Google depleted uranium babies. I did that once, and it really changed my life. I did that, too. Um, and and it's 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 a horrible horrible thing. Now does this does this stuff get on your clothes? Can it get on your clothes? Can you transfer it to uh, your friends and family when you get home? When you fire when you fire a depleted uranium weapon, whether it be an armor piercing round from a tank or a Bradley or a machine gun, the moment that round leaves the barrel, it's traveling so fast it catches fire. When that happens, it particulates. And it gets in the air. It can get on your clothes. It gets in your nose. It gets in your lungs. It, like me, it got into my digestive system. And no matter how hard you wash your clothes, we literally had to burn some of our uniforms coming back because they wouldn't pass through the checkpoint in Kuwait to go on a boat back to Germany because of um, biological and radioactive contamination. <laughs> we had to burn our uniforms in, in, in place. Wow. And, you know, it, again, the, the question I have, I mean, why? I mean, is this just is this just the result of a government that is so sadistic and so careless for human life, Jeffrey, that they're that they just take their radiate, you know, radi act, radioactive waste and just put it in, in munitions just because they want to get rid of it and put it over there? Is I mean, is this just the result of, of that? Is just sick people who are running our government and, and, and accomplishing these wars? What, what's the deal? I can it's, it's sick. It's sick to believe. I can I can identify it by three things. One, you have certain select people in America who have literally died, divorced themselves from the human experience, the human population. Once you get so much money and so much power, you literally pull yourself away from your fellow man. There are certain people like that in America. Number one, we're electing some of them. The second one is, the corporations, the entities themselves, you know, no matter if a corporation head, a CEO comes in and goes out, comes in and goes out, the corporation's still there, and the bureaucracy seems to become a beast if you're not carefully watching it. And the watchtowers, or should I say the watchdogs of these two other elements, the people of the United States of America, 
fell asleep a long time ago. Well, Jeff, let me let me say two things. First off, um, we want to get you a forum on our website. We want this uh, type of material and what we're talking about. We'll ha- obviously, we'll have the podcast up by tonight. But we want to give you a form, so if you just take a chance, just register your name there. We're going to actually try to give you your own form, and this way you and other veterans and other people, maybe doctors and, and uh, gentlemen like Rob from Arizona before who gave us some good advice, maybe we can get more of a dialogue. And the, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Jeffrey, I mean, what's the next step? What, what do you want to see done within the next 365 days? What, what happens in the next year that can start helping the people that were promised to help? What do you want to see happen? Are you there, Jeff? Can you hear us? Yes, I'm here. That, that one caught me off guard. I'm telling you. That one, um, <laughs> so, no, take your time. I mean, again, th- this is so terrible. And, and, folks, just real quick, if you haven't seen Beyond Treason, uh, that deals primarily with depleted uranium. But um, if you can stomach the pictures, then Google them. But I'm telling you, you're going to get sick. But, Jeff, go ahead. You have a floor. you got uh, about a minute and a half. What's the next step? What do you want to see happen? Until this war becomes personal. And for you guys and for me, it has become personal. But until this war becomes personal to the vast majority of the United States of American population, citizens, there will never be an outcry. There will never be a stand-up, walk-out protest like there was back in the 60s. And I hate to say it, and the way the military ranks are basically depleting at this time, there will be a, um, a draft coming. I'm going to let you know right now. They were talking about it back when the war first kicked off, and they haven't put the machines away yet. So All right, well, sorry, yeah. To your kids, if you want to keep your kids safe, you better get out there and vote with your money and vote with your pocketbook. I agree, Jeffrey. We need to have a public outcry. I agree. And then hopefully your interview tonight uh, helped a little bit, at least. Jeffrey, thank you. Sergeant Jeffrey Humphrey, everybody, uh, joining us, and we'll try to have you on again. Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much. Wondrous. And uh, it's terrible news, folks, but we're trying to make a difference. So uh, we'll be back Thursday. Plenty of issues to talk about. We have another border issue. Uh, we'll talk about that. we got a lot of CNN money crisis news to talk about, a lot of videos, a lot of audio. And your phone calls um, for Ben and Pyeth. I'm Tony Pax, Animal Farm Radio Show. We will catch you Thursday, folks. Be well. Take care. Thank you. Goodbye. On September 1st, Vote Rescue and our coalition, Texans for Real Elections, conducted an exit poll at the Texas Straw Poll in Fort Worth. With almost a 25% respondent rate, we found a discrepancy in one candidate's results, Ron Paul's. We are planning exit polls for the primary and presidential elections in 2008. This is a fun and exciting process in exercising our rights as citizens. Join us as a volunteer with Vote Rescue to monitor those elections and remind the government that elections belong to the people. Become a part of the growing movement to restore elections to the citizens with hand-counted paper ballots. We are winning. Exciting progress is being made, but we need your help. See our website, voterescue.org, for our meeting and action schedule or call 512-775-3737. Online and on demand, 